We're afraid to embrace the love of God for, for fear that we will be doctrinally unclear. You're listening to the Theology of Music podcast, the only podcast where we unpack the good and sometimes bad theology in the songs that we sing. My name is Pastor Joel. Welcome again to the Theology of Music podcast. My name is Pastor Joel, and today I'm going to take a look at one of my favorite songs, probably of uh, of all time in worship music, and that is the song Build My Life. Build My Life was written specifically um, by Pat Barrett and Matt Redman, Brent Brett Yonker, Kirby Capel, or Capel, Carl Martin. And it was released um, through House Fires, uh, the, the artist House Fires, off of their third self-titled album, House Fires 3. Uh, and it was released in 2016. So this song has been within the Christian music congregational worship circuit for four years. And what has been interesting about this song is that if you still look at the uh, planning center uh, charts for you know, current songs that are um, in the top, I think it's top 20 or 40. Uh, Build My Life is still stays within the top 10, and it has stayed within the top 10 for four years, which to me says a lot about a song. And so when I first heard this song, I enjoyed it, uh, but I wasn't really so sure about it. I my A rule of thumb for myself is often that I don't want to buy into hype songs. So if there's a song that's really, really, really popular, I I like to wait at least a week or two and just kind of give myself some time to it uh, and then listen to it, see what other people think, even just see what other people are maybe saying about it. And then and then I'll kind of make my judgment whether I want to do it. And, um, and then you just have to be strategic. So I even told you guys in the past how I plan songs. And so I don't always uh, plan songs every week. I, I often plan songs months out. And so I have a nice kind of trajectory. But what that does is it enables me to then insert a song uh, if I want to, because I've already planned out the rest of it and I can see how it might fit with the set list rather than, oh, I really want to do this song. And now I have to plan all the songs around that. And so I, I think it's just a little bit more structured way to do it. Uh, and it also still has the freedom for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but I really loved this song because one, it's incredibly singable. I think it's the singability is, is fantastic in the song, and it, it is is very catchy and it's it, it has a good focus. Now, some people have complained about the song in different ways, and I even in the past didn't like the bridge where it says, uh, "And I will build my life upon your love." I uh, illegally changed the word love to word when I led it at a, a private Christian school where I taught at, and uh, you're not allowed to do that. By the way, you can't just change words in songs because they're copywritten. So just going to let you guys know that you can't do that. So I, because while building our lives upon his love is not wrong, it isn't really the firmest of foundations because the firmest foundation is God himself and his word. And so I changed it to that, you know, but it it's fine. So uh, let's just kind of look at the song real quick. One thing that I love about the song that it really communicates a, a, a lot of good things that I th- that I believe that our church should have uh, in songs that we sing on Sunday. So it, it unpacks things like that, that there's no one like Jesus, there that he's worthy of the, all the praise. He is he's the only one who can save us. Uh, he he's the one we live for. His name is above all others, and and we can build 
uh, our, our life on him and it will be unshakable. Um, and, and what is interesting though about the song is it says a lot of those facts, right? It very clearly says, okay, this is, this is who Jesus is. He's worthy of praise. He is the only one who can save. Great. But it doesn't unpack that in the verses or the chorus, right? Typically when you're songwriting, and I'm not going to act like I'm just this amazing songwriter because uh, I am not, and I have not written big songs that everyone are, is singing right now. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're amazing, but uh, I'm not Matt Redman, and I'm not Brett Yonker, and I'm not Pat Barrett, and I'm especially not Matt Redman and Brett Yonker, who have been uh, co-writers on many of the songs that we sing on Sunday mornings, right? So I'm not going to act like I'm this, I don't know, song guru. Anyway, but when you think about the things that you're saying in the song, you want to have something to fuel that. You know, when I had Bob Coughlin on this podcast, one of the things he said was, you need doctrinal fuel to f- to fuel emotional fire, right? And the song really does feel, you feel things when you sing this song. If you do the dynamics just right too, man, oh man, you go into that bridge after a big chorus and you switch to kind of a down, you kind of come down and you build up to a big uh, bridge. Oh man, you can feel that. I mean, I, I let it, I led this song uh, with uh, a couple ladies at our night of prayer uh, last night, and I had a, a, a young lady sing it, and then I played the piano uh, underneath it. And I mean, you can there's just so many so much dynamics you can add to this song to really make it emotionally uh, impactful. But you want the words to do that first. So I'm not trying to nitpick the verses, but I think scripture gives us best examples about how to do this, right? So you can look at 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, which talks about how God, blessed be the God and and Father of our Lord Jesus, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction, right? Scripture is very clear. There's there's reason to praise and you it's clear about the reason, right? So it's we're praising God the Father because he comforts us. In any affliction, and so it you want to make sure that's a that's a focus. And I I really do love though I love that you've you've got the first first worthy you know and so you're, you're saying worthy of all the praise we could ever sing worthy of all the uh, uh, worthy of every song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever bring worthy of every breath we could ever breathe we live for you, and then well who is that? And then you go to Jesus. And so it's a really nice, uh, you can do a really nice transition and then you can say, that's Jesus. That's who we sing about. It's Jesus. Let's sing that. And you say, Jesus, the name above every other name. That's Philippians 2, which you guys know I love. Jesus, the only one who could ever save, right? And so very, very clear, uh, you know, it, it's, by only, it's only by the name of Jesus Christ that we are saved. That's clear scriptural illusion, Right. Uh, and and worthy of every breath that we could ever breathe. That's that's a nice little touch to add uh, a a repeated uh, a phrase in that second verse. And then the chorus: Holy, there is no one like you. There are there is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. I I think this is one of the better choruses in in most of modern worship song right in songs right now. Uh it, it it is the focus is clearly on the Lord and on Jesus and it's there that it's clear that there's no one beside him, right? Holy there is no one like you, which it, there there is no uh that is that's perfect. I mean there's no one like our our God, right? 
Um, you you think about all of the all of the the times in the Old Testament that God was very clear about who He is, and there's no one like Him. He's not like the gods of Egypt uh, or or of Babylon or Syria. He is not like them, right? You can look at all the Old Testament, and it's it's just so cool to see that. Like even Leviticus talks about how I you should be holy, right? God's saying you should be holy for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. That's Leviticus nineteen two. So it's clear that this chorus understands who God is. He is holy. There is no one like him. There are there are none beside him. Right? I, I do like that's even the that's uh the Ten Commandments, right? Have no other gods before me. I love that. It, it, you could use that as a teachable moment to f- to fly in the face of idolatry in your church. So, and then open up my eyes in wonder. I, you know, when I first heard that line, it really struck me because I, I think about those moments, you know, where you get really excited and your eyes get really wide and you get really just whoa and it's, everything just is flooding you and it's sensory overload and your eyes just get wide and who. Who knows why God made our bodies like that? But our bodies do that. When we get just this awe and wonder, we it's almost like we want to take it all in so our eyes get bigger and our mouths open and we want to just absorb all of the wonder, right? And I love that this, this course says, open up my eyes and wonder. And then it asks, hey, show me who you are. And you could say, he's, you could say, church, he's shown us through his word. And then and lead me in your love to those around me. I... I love that. I love that leading me in your love to those around me, which is just a beautiful line, a really, really nice line to to get a more missional focus for your church, right? It's, it's, your church should have that as a mentality. Every church should want to be led in God's love to those around them, right? Man, it, it makes me want to go out on mission when I think about that. And Psalms were very, Psalms, uh, many of the Psalms were very clear about asking God to lead, uh, to lead us, right? Teach me your way, lead me in your truth and teach me, right? And, and, and what, and what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is so that we can show his love to those around us. So with the bridge, like I said, there are some who don't like that idea of um, building our lives upon his love, right? You know, Matthew 7 says, anyone who hears these words of mine acts on them, they will be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock, right? That we, Everyone knows that story. And so you, many say, well, it's, we need to build our lives upon God himself, not just God's love. And I'm not even going to use the whole God, well, God is love thing. It's not about that. I, it's, it's not, it's not about that I I I believe that we in our 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 quest for truth and clarity often read things into situations or lines that may not even need to be there, right? Why not maybe in this circumstance use it to to say we build our lives upon His love, and how did He show His love? Well, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So who are we building our lives upon? Christ. There you go. It's not that the line is unclear, and it's not even that the line is wrong. 
I, I know I used to fall prey to this, and I believe that we do this now. We're afraid to embrace the love of God for, for fear that we will be doctrinally unclear. And what I don't want is for my church to catch a rigidity and a doctrinal uh, 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 stoicism right in in the way that i lead them into the throne of grace on a sunday morning another thing that i think this song really does well is that it's it's very easy to understand as an outsider it's really it's accessible you know what you're getting uh, and even the, the the second part of the bridge does a really good job right it's and i will build my life upon your love it is a firm foundation and i will put my trust in you alone and i will not be shaken it's a really good way to say, hey, when you are in Christ, you can put your hope and your trust in him and you will not be shaken. Great opportunity to teach a non-believer what it means to be in Christ and what, what are the benefits of being in Christ. And it's a great opportunity to teach believers to stop trusting in the things of this world and not the Lord. Don't trust in the government or who's going to get elected or X, Y, Z. Trust in him and you will not be shaken. I mean, look around at our culture right now. It's 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 almost as if every single day we're all just kind of balancing on pillars and we're just getting shaken all over the place because XYZ event hits us or there's another there's another riot, there's another shooting, there's another another election issue, there's all this kind of stuff. And all all because our focus and in, in our trust is not in the Lord, we are we are being shaken uh, from our stability. Uh, and it's always going to happen. We don't trust in the Lord. Uh, so, you know, let's run the song through the grid. Is it Christ exalting? I, I think it is. I think it exalts Christ. It says Jesus is the name above every other name. He's the only one who could save. And he's worthy of every breath. Holy, there's no one like you. There's none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder and show me. I, I think it's Christ exalting, definitely to a T. Congregationally friendly, definitely congregationally friendly. Uh, very easy to sing. The verses have space, which... Also, if you wanted to add the clarity or the doctrinal fuel in between the lines of the verse, you have space to do that. Also, great song to do gospel-y kind of ad-libs during because there's a lot of space. Uh, I did that. Now, I didn't do it as well because I am a white person. And then is it uh, gospel-centered? You know, gospel-centered, gospel-anchored, it's kind of there. You're not really getting clear gospel language of redemption, justification, you know, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's, it, it isn't so far removed that you would have to do a ton of legwork or even the church would have to do a ton of legwork. And to end, what I think is interesting about the song is that, so Pat Barrett is the, is the original author of the song. And Pat Barrett is also very well unknown for good, good father. Chris Tomlin in conjunction with Pat Barrett, it's not as if Chris Tomlin just stole his song, which I used to think, but Chris Tomlin used Pat Barrett's song, Good, Good Father, and it made it famous. And uh, what was funny was I was reading an article about Pat Barrett going solo. So he used to be a part of House Fires. He was the front man. And then he wanted to go solo. And what was so funny was I was reading this article and I don't think that it actually is him saying this, uh, but I I liked that it said that um, Pat Barrett didn't want to be uh, forever known as the unknown dude that made Tomlin more even more famous. So I don't know if that if that's what Pat Barrett has has said. It little 
put a little quote there. So I don't know if that was actually him saying it or it was just them saying that. But I mean, it's true. Like Pat Barrett, no one knows who Pat Barrett is uh, unless you know who he is. And But everyone knows who Chris Tomlin is because Chris Tomlin is one of the most famous uh, modern worship songwriters. So anyway, I think every church would do well to do this song. It's a great song for nights of prayer, nights of worship. Excellent, where you can frame it even more. But I think it's still it's still a good song to sing on Sunday, paired really well with other songs like In Christ Alone. That's a good one. Christ is Risen is another one that you could put together with that by Matt Marr. I did that, and it was fantastic. So uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening to this podcast. I, I really hope that you enjoyed it. If you have any questions, song suggestions, or critique, just send it to theologyandmusic at gmail.com. But once again, have a wonderful, wonderful Lord's Day. See you guys. <laughs>